hey, hey thanks hey. so much hi hey. thanks for making time hey. for us uh so yeah, matt is here to from see me you want yeah. to see me yeah. Yes, we, we wanted to see you here at Cobra Unit HQ. Um, yeah. So Matt from HR is here. Um, Hi, that's hello. sitting also Hi, in Matt. the meeting, just I'm, so you know. I'm, in, I'm Cobra. I'm also in the Cobra Unit. Yeah, we, that's, we uh, know We know you are, uh, you know, a yeah. member of the Cobra Unit. That's actually what we're here to talk uh, with you about, you know. Does he know who the Cobra is? Because no, I could tell yeah, you, we're in a unit of assassins. We each have a special power. Please, um, yeah, he's, there's the fear, the no, pain. The, yeah. yeah, we know. And yes, yes, the, the, the fury, the sorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah of course, yeah, the yeah. boss. Yeah, yeah we, and, no, we, and me. Well, and and you. Um, yeah, I'm the shits. No, yeah, yes, uh, the shits. Yeah, so that this is this is the issue. Yes. Um. Do you need we me just, to demonstrate my power in here? Because uh, please don't. Oh, we, no. we, we've seen we, we know got, we we've seen footage it. of your powers on the battlefield. Yeah, we right. don't need to see it in action. Um, we're gonna have to let you go from the Cobra unit. Yeah, you know what? we we sort of had to sort of you know we we're looking at the roster and like okay we got you know we got a ghost we have mm-hmm. um, a guy who can control electricity we have the the bees guy you know like yeah. so we got. We kind of got that all. We got know. our bases covered. Our bases yeah. covered. We got the sniper. We got an old, and then well, this this is like a kind of a bridge too far for us. And not to say that you're yeah. bad at your job. You're very very good I'm at really it. You're good. Ba- you're I've got a hundred percent kill ratio. Yeah. I shit and shit until the until the target kills himself. Yeah. No. And I've seen. I've yes. trust me. I've done. I've we've seen the the reports back from the battlefield. We have the one where. You sh- uh, you shit into an enemy's mouth to the point where they ballooned and were full of shit. Um, so we like we got that. We but saw it's just, it. Yeah, it's you know it's just a little too much for us. And we look, we're not on the Purple up and up. Heart, we get that yellow star, absolutely red heart. You're a hero. I'm I'm a hero. You guys can't do this to me. I'm, I know, but it's just we got my skill set doesn't apply to any other job, guys. If I'm not in Cobra, what am I gonna do with this power? Nobody wants this, except on the battlefield, where being the shits is one of the most powerful things you can be. Um. Anyway, we're gonna Matt will set you up with a with a severance package. Well, I don't uh, want so. a severance package. I'm. You know what? Even if you guys fire me, I'm gonna be out there on the battlefield. I'm gonna be doing it. I'm gonna be doing my job because I'm a patriot. Okay. okay. Well, you I'm know, if you're on it. the battlefield not representing either side of this, you know, potential war, we will yeah. have no choice but to unleash the Shagohot upon you, and that's not something you want to be on the business end of, my friend. Yeah, you don't want well, to be I'm going to release the Shagohot on you. On oh, what? Huh? No. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, come on. All right. Which one's the door? Which one's the door? <laughs> the, do- yeah. the door-shaped object. Okay. The rectangle. Wow. I mean, your desk is a rectangle. Floor. You only have go through your desk. Oh. Okay, Smarty don't be pants. pedantic. Am I still allowed to sleep in the bushes outside of the building? You weren't allowed to do that before. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, all right. Next meeting, got someone called the balls. <laughs> it's me, the balls. We. I just want to say. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) We face the fear and withstand the pain in 2004 stealth action PS2 classic Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. 
as Kojember continues this week on How Did This Get Played? It's How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and Wario-wariest video games of all time. Wow. That third W, courtesy of at tidy underscore crib. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag www. I'm Nick Y. Gear, along with my co-hosts. I'm Metal Gear Solidar and Kim Snake Eater. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here with our my fellow co-host. Matt Shagohata. Kuwabara, Kuwabara, everyone. <laughs> Kuwabara, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket. Snake, what happened? Snake. Snake! <laughs> we are saying all this shit because <laughs> we are continuing our month of Hideo Kojima games, Hideo Kojember, here on the podcast. Uh, and before we get into that, before we descend into this particular I wouldn't call it a gaming hell, but it's a it's a certainly a well, hey, you know what? I think the player character has a hellish experience during this operation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So before we dig into that, it is first time to briefly touch on a game we're enjoying by spending 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, take it away whenever. All right. So here here I am, folks, the Xbox kid and uh, a new Xbox game just came out. Forza Horizon 5 on Game Pass, so, you know, I got I got my mitts on it, I downloaded it, I was like, I could go for some racing that's not Mario Kart, not not to say that Mario Kart's bad, I just was like, I could use a little more, you know, something in the vein of, like, a Need for Speed Underground, or Need for Speed Underground 2, or, like, two racing games that, probably the only two racing games I've played on console that I, that I really liked, get into uh, Forza Horizon 5, and my god, it's wonderful. It plays so great. Wow. It looks beautiful. You can pick any car. Any, I mean, I'm not like a car guy, but I went straight to the Evo 6. The Mitsubishi Evo 6 was like, it, it is the only car I've got like that I've picked on my own so far. Because uh, it's like, that was like the first choice that I made. It was like, well, I got to get an Evo 6. That's going to rock. And, I, and I've been loving driving around, uh, cruising the streets of Mexico, blasting doughboys in my uh, <laughs> AirPods. It just What's driving 140 miles an hour in, in, in this game. And it's, it's an absolute blast. Uh, I, wow. I highly recommend it. And time's up. And it's on Game Pass. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a real treat. We sound like Game Pass shells at times, but it is an incredible value. Best value in gaming. Based on both your and our guests' recommendation, uh, I am currently downloading Forza, but it is on pause while we record, so that you guys, so that we don't have all that jitteriness of the. Mm-hmm. But as soon as as soon as we're out of here, I'm going to set it back to re-download. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Wow. You can probably get your car and drive it for real, Heather. I swear to fucking god, if I can, I'm gonna I'm gonna die on my couch. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, you mentioned our guest, and I want to introduce him, but Heather, I feel like you have a bone to pick up top. Oh, well, oh, I do a little bit. It's not a bone. It's not a bone. Okay. There's been a lot of feedback uh, on various online forums that talk about our show, about our Please sure. Not score. 
And mm-hmm. uh, specifically that despite the game's um, problematic content, we went easy on the game. And I was thinking about this over the last few weeks, and I think it's the opposite. I think that if if Police Knots had been some random developer's game, then we would have excused the problematic stuff as just like, eh, who gives a shit? You can like bounce the boobies around. I don't care. I think it was specifically that it was couched in all of this other, the legacy of the developer, as well as the incongruity of the material, which is what made it upsetting to us and why I feel like the score is pretty defendable. You know, I... I, I feel like we were all born on Earth. You know, we're not unfamiliar <laughs> yeah. with like the dog sure. shit tropes that reduce women's bodies to props. But it was the fact that it was in a Kojima game that made me more aggressive towards that content than I think I would have been. Like, I've got a bunch of fucking horny games. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It was, yes. you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's. Maybe we need a new segment called Bone to Pick. <laughs> it's not a bone, right, though? And I guess the thing, it, mm. it's t- I, I saw that, too. You know, people were obviously, like, reacting to our response to it and also, yeah, being uh, incong- incongruous with the score. Uh, I guess a word that I'm just trying out for the first time. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I think the thing to remember, though, too, is that we're this isn't real like you know like, sure. you know what i mean like their scores are out of a out of a, mir- a million in theory we're not yeah. real like journalists we're comedians who sort of like played a game and you know said some of it sucked and and didn't and you know but liked some of it too and that's you know there's obviously like stuff that you could say about that i guess but uh I didn't see any of this online controversy from these lunatics, but uh, is the <laughs> Jesus Christ. is the uh, is the issue just that we spent so much time like talking about what we didn't like about the game, but in the end we're still like, but we still kind of liked it. Is that the issue? Like when you say incongruity, is that just I like think that? That's part of it. Yeah, we and, focused yeah. on the negative so much of just how this is like basically just it is just basically a visual novel contra snatcher, which actually has some gameplay to it. Yeah, and then also it 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 has you know all the the misogynistic tropes that are just so is ha- so we talked about that so much, and then at the end we're still like, but that's so pretty good because yeah. we did I think have a good time with it, but despite that. That was the issue. I think that's part of it in that we seem to give uh, Hideo Kojima a pass on, on this kind mm. of stuff, which I, which I don't, which I think is a false premise. Yeah, um, I don't think that's true. But, um, but you know. But you know what? From now on, let's give him a pass. From, <laughs> Great. Starting now, the pass, yeah, the pass. I'm going to rubber stamp it like I'm in papers, please. It's going to be great. <laughs> And what a game to do it on uh, to begin this new policy. And what a guest to do it with. Very, very excited to have him back. A video games and gaming culture reporter for The Washington Post, Gene Park. Hi, Gene. Hey, Nick. Hey, Heather. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me back. And in the spirit of your introductions, I'm going to have my own Kojima introduction. Uh, My name is Gene, the building block of all of life. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So it's it's always it's, it's dripping with meaning, you know, yes. and, and symbolism. So well, Metal Gear Solid One is Gene. Metal Gear Get Solid right. Two is me. Metal meme. Gear Solid Three today's game is Scene. Exactly. S C E N E. So you know. Mm-hmm. We've got you for the wrong game. Go, go get out of here. <laughs> and Metal Gear Solid 4 is Ween, the band. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. 
Uh, Gene, uh, the, the, uh, I really do want to spend some time talking about uh, MGS three. Um, but 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 before we get into that, I am I am just curious uh, as a gaming reporter and, and as someone who spends so much time like like in in your day job like digging into video games. Do you ever have time to go uh, dig into your backlog? Are you ever like, well, I never got around to playing Firewatch. I think I'm just going to play Firewatch for funsies. Or are you just so overwhelmed with stuff that keeps coming out? Uh, yeah, I've really been overwhelmed with stuff. Uh, you know, I think that there's a meme that gaming journalists really seem to hate gaming. And after a year and a half <laughs> of doing this, I, I, I understand that. I understand right. that because I'm always being forced to play games, even if even if they're good games. I'm being forced to play them at times where I'm, I'm not necessarily ready to play them yet, you know? Um, so, I, or I might not be in the right mindset. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't have a lot of time. You know, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven is a game that I've been meaning to play for like a couple of years now, and I just keep getting at it. And now I'm like, okay, well, I have to drop this because I have to focus on something else. Um, everyone, my friends are always trying to get me back into Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's like I can't play Final Fantasy fourteen right. unless I only cover Final Fantasy fourteen. You know, <laughs> yes. so, so it's so it's really tough. You know, um, yeah, it's just. Like I, I just got off the weekend finishing uh, the Elder Ring uh, a network tests, and I played a, a nice chunky twenty hours of it, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, I loved it, and so oh, that's man. when it's great when I'm like wow. I'm ready to play the game oh, right boy. now, and yeah. and I'm I'm ready anytime, right? But then there are certain <laughs> games where I'm just I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be real tired of it, even if I even if I like the game. Yeah. yeah. When I was a games journalist, that was my big problem, too. It'd be like I, for every Final Fantasy 12 that I got to review, which was like, holy shit, I have a month and a half with this game. How how grateful am I to have this code this early and dig in? Then I would have to play like fucking terrible DS game after terrible DS game after terrible and, and, and be sent off to be like, like, hey, we got like a review copy of Barbie's Horse Heroes, and it's you're the only person we're going to give that game to. So it's all right. Go easy. Deadening. Have an additional design credit on that. So you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Game of the Year 2006, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's deadening, man. Yeah. It's it's really hard. It is deadening. You know, I just recently played the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and it was a it was a really fun game. But I had to play it nonstop for several days, and eventually, I just right. got really sick of like. Star, Star Lord saying, come on, Rocket, because Rocket's always, you know, like busting his chops. And then so I'm, I'm just hearing these these t same two characters bickering all four days. And it's like I could use a break to not play this, but yeah. I need to finish it. But before but before tomorrow starts, you know, so the, the pressures it, of, of, of that, like day and date, you know, uh, like like there needs to be a full review of this game. Uh, they mm -hmm. actually talked about this on the the Triple Click podcast recently because uh, everyone mm -hmm. and all the three hosts of that show all come from games journalism mm -hmm. and like like the pressures of like that day and date sort of like this game has to be this review has to be out so that it gets aggregated by Metacritic um, when the game's released, but also uh, and that also just like that's when all your traffic is going to come out is mm -hmm. that the first few days after the game's released or coming up to its release and then also. That like you're dealing with embargoes, right? So like you mm -hmm. have like limitations in terms of when you can actually get your hands on a review copy and what you can actually say about it. So it's it's just like it, it seems like a very uh, a, a tough act that is, you know, like that you have to work like with like, like constantly with, uh, uh, churning out these reviews. Yeah, uh, I recently reviewed Metroid Dread and I only played it once 
And for a game like Metroid Dread, like I got to play it like at least three times to really understand right. the game. But but yeah. I only, I had only beaten it once by the time I I wrote my review. So I'm not even really happy with what I wrote because it's it feels completely incomplete. You know, right? Um, and uh, hey, while you're talking about Metroid, I did see your rankings of the uh, the Metroid series, and mm-hmm. I was I was curious uh, of how you. This sounds this sounds antagonistic, but I'm just I I, I seriously am like 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 oh I saw you had Metroid Prime over Super Metroid. I've actually mm-hmm. replayed Super Metroid more recently than Metroid Prime, and um and in my mind that that might also just be where it hits me is like Super Metroid is like oh that's number one. Uh, but you yeah, but Metroid Prime in your estimation or like in your evaluation like that that really holds up. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's the, the the amount of innovation that it has, uh, mm-hmm. even if it's less perfect than Super Metroid, because Super right. Metroid is just like an airtight game, right? Um, Metroid Prime doesn't have that, but like there's so much that, that it gets right and it's so much more ambitious. Um, it still looks good today. Uh, it still plays good. Uh, there's no other game where if you shoot her arm cannon, like the, the reflection flashes, her face reflects back at you. Like that games still cool. don't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Metroid Prime is still doing things that certain first person games still don't do. So like when I'm when I'm looking back at the legacy of these games, I'm like Super Metroid, I think has like people have already learned from it and built on top of it. Whereas with Metroid Prime, I think people are are people can still continue to mine it for ideas, and it's it's still not done yet. So I think the legacy of Metroid Prime is still not done yet. That's that's where my argument came from. Can she urinate into a urinal? Because we've played a first person game where that is a, a feature. Let's like, and I haven't seen that. I feel like a lot, there's a lot of other companies that still need to catch up on on yeah. just unloading piss into a urinal. <laughs> Yeah, well, Death Stranding did that, right? So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, in, in that same game, this, uh, the same character can reach into a toilet and pick up, pick up a piece of shit. Yes. So, until Samus can do that, I, you know, let's see how 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 far her impact actually yeah, goes. Yeah, let's see you know? that in the metaverse. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Every character yes. can touch shit in the metaverse. <laughs> Zuckerberg insisted on that. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, like, we have to make the shit emoji real. You don't understand. Uh, yeah, like the next social network movie is just like a f- three hour meeting where they're trying to figure out how to wrestle control from Zuckerberg because he's so intent <laughs> on making shit interactive in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> This guy just leaves barbecue sauce everywhere. He's a lunatic, this guy. God. Christ. Oh, Jesus. Uh, let's change topics to uh, the Metal Gear series. Because, uh, Gene, last time you were on the podcast, we were talking Death Stranding. Uh, but but you you uh, you went into depth, and it's honestly one of my favorite things, I, I guess, to said on the show is when you talked about your Metal Gear Solid 2 fandom and, and how Kojima in general, like, really invigorated your love of games. Um, but, like, where where do you stand on the Metal Gear series? I mean, is MGS 2 number one? Uh, where, where does, uh, like, where, where do you, where do you kind of, like, mentally sort of rank these things? Oh, okay, I can rank them. Uh, sure. Uh, I think... Uh MGS2, well, I, this is like a personal, like, like impact. It's definitely sure. MGS2, then MGS3, then MGS1, then MGS5. Well, I guess MGS5 is third, because I really fucking like playing that game. Like, the story makes no sense, but, like, the, the game is so fucking fun to play. Like, I, I would play that over all the other ones. But, um, 
And then MGS4 is the last one because it, it, it but I still love it because it's still bad shit, you know? Right. I we were we were gonna maybe do MGS five for for this year's uh Cogember and we were just like, God, it's such a commitment. I feel like we I feel like we have to get started playing it now so we can tackle it next November. It's a long game. There's yeah. so much to do and it's kind of annoying too. here here's here's my question for you and i and i maybe might i might even put this to the floor but like uh i will put this to the floor but i'm Mm -hmm. thinking about the metal gear series i kind of feel like as we look back like people talk about metal gear solid 2 a lot and and we talk about this week's game metal Gear Solid 3 a lot but i kind of feel like metal gear solid 1's impact has kind of been downplay mm. over time whereas when that came out for PlayStation 1 that was like a thunderbolt that was like such like holy shit this game is trying things that we haven't seen in games before it's so cinematic um elements like the the torture sequence being you know interactive like things like that were like felt groundbreaking for the era like i i, I don't know maybe maybe but maybe I, my that perception maybe my perception of other people's perceptions is inaccurate and maybe people are still kind of talking about metal gear solid 1 in the same uh, the, the same way it was received, but I kind of feel like when you look back at PlayStation 1 era, people talk about, you know, your Final Fantasy 7s, your Final Fantasy Tactics, your Castlevania Symphony of the Knights, uh, but Metal Gear Solid 1, uh, that first 3D entry kind of gets uh, downplayed a little bit. I don't know, am I, am I mistaken? Uh, I, I, I guess you're right in, in that I don't hear it as much, and I think part of that is due to the fact that its impact is so pervasive everywhere. Uh, okay. You know, like you see it right. in like The Last of Us. You see it in the new Guardians of the Galaxy game, where they're, they're, everyone's using in-game cutscenes to, to to portray the story. So you're never really pulled out of of the experience, and you always feel like you're part of it. Um, all of those gimmicks have been have been replicated. So I think the the the, the respect of that legacy translates into how Kojima continues to send people into a frenzy. Um, right. uh, just this last summer, there was this uh, the apparently indie studio uh, 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 that's coming out with a game called Abandoned. And if for some reason, their social media team decided to kind of hint that Kojima was somewhat involved, that they, they, they try to play along with the gag. And this snowballed into like this weird like internet conspiracy where Kojima had definitely like 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 started this new company the shadow company to start to to create like a a a a, a new survival horror game and then the company had to come out and say no no we do not have any association with Kojima or whatever <laughs> and then the meme started coming out where the the the, the poor director i don't know if he's poor i i don't know who he is but um the the, the director came out like tearfully right. like 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 his name is Hassan and he was tearfully like saying i don't know Kojima i'm sorry and then of course everyone just photoshopped Kojima into his like turtleneck sweater and, and everything so yeah. it was like <laughs> absolute complete disres- disrespect but i think a lot of that excitement stems from people kind of knowing and, and acknowledging kojima's legacy in terms of 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 how he how he's pushed storytelling forward and i right. think you know we saw that in death stranding um the, everybody was going nuts for that game before before people realized that it was mostly a walking game that we, we know we all here love mm-hmm. but yes. you know um the so and people are still super fascinated with what he might do. So I think that legacy has kind of translated into just ongoing respect for Kojima because he he still insists on being really active. You know. Yeah, 
I, I I feel like what you're talking about the because I've 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 completely just just forgotten the initial backlash to Death Stranding, which was pretty strong. I feel like people dislike that game for a bit, and I feel like it's kind of come around now, especially with the the director's cut, which we'll it will dig into soon on the pod. Um, is like I, I feel like people have kind of like like come around and be like, oh, this game is actually pretty pretty awesome. Maybe those are just the people still playing it and commenting on it. I don't know. It might be selection bias, but it was a similar thing with Metal Gear Solid Two. And actually, there's there's elements of Metal Gear Solid Three that comment on the on the reception and and Kojima's reaction to it because Metal Gear Solid Two was I hey I I probably didn't didn't articulate articulate this well on last week or in last year's episode about it. But like I personally had kind of a reaction of Metal Gear Solid 2 of like playing the shit out of it, but also being a little disappointed that you play this game primarily as Raiden, uh, this different character when the whole thing was teased as like you were going to be Snake on these awesome missions and really you're just Snake in the prologue. And I feel like there was a lot of backlash at the time to uh, to MGS2 that has faded over time. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of respect that the 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 play that it did, and then you know, like there there's other games that have pulled that off. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two, most recently, yes, um, um, where it just totally switched protagonists on you, um, and that also had a huge backlash too. Um, yeah, so I think was a lot there. Of I didn't of, like, see. I didn't see any of that. Kind of absorbed like what happened with Ryan. Rydon- <laughs> I was going to say Rydonovich, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Ryan <laughs> and, uh, and 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 what he represented. Uh, I remember being uh, really shook by 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 playing right in the whole time uh i remember my roommate uh had pre-ordered metal gear solid 2 and then he went to class i I was in college when i played it so of course i just played the whole game while he was in school um i skipped my classes because fuck fuck school right and then he came back and then he was like and then like i was still on the couch playing and he was like why the fuck are you playing my game who the fuck is that guy and, he, and then he yeah. just got like really, really angry that I just entire like spoiled the entire experience for him. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> um, that that whole thing of the 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 roommate, you and the roommate sharing a console and sharing games, and then where your relative progress uh, what like was in a shared space. I definitely had that. I definitely had that with a roommate who I bought Chrono Cross, and we were both playing Chrono Cross. And I was just like, look, I, you can play this, but just like, don't get ahead of me. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then I came home one day from class and he was and I was he, I was watching the ending on the TV. Oh, God. Like, oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, it, uh, yeah. It, it, well, let's talk about Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater this week's well, game. It's Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater Week. And that's a 2004 stealth action game developed by Konami. Uh, and directed by Hideo Kojima. Other games from 2004, which was a great year in games, included Half-Life 2, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Halo 2, Doom 3, and Metroid Prime 2 Echoes, as as well as one of my favorites, Burnout 3 Takedown. Do you guys ever play that game? I love that game. No. I love love a car crash game. Uh, In this game, you play as Naked Snake, uh, who is the progenitor? Is that the right word for that? The I progenitor? guess, yeah. The progenitor of the protagonists from other Metal Gear games, Solid Snake. Uh, you are sneaking through the jungle in 1964 at the height of the Cold War. Uh, you're involved in secrets, espionage, double crosses, backstabbings, as you fight through multiple boss battles and then eventually fight against your mentor in here in spoiler country, right guys? Spoiler country? 
Now entering spoiler country. Pew, pew. Secure your hats and glasses. I'm I'm not going to do it this time. I did it once. Okay. That's enough. Uh, to let us and- demean ourselves in front of our guests. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> let me fall on this grenade. Uh, but that I think that sets the stage. It's uh, right mm-hmm. after the Cuban Missile Crisis, and you are involved in trying to stop Russia from developing Metal Gear. <laughs> right? That's pretty good. That was, that was all right. Very good. Okay. Yeah. It, it, so the 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 setting. I mean, it is a thing of it of it's like it's such a choice to just sort of set this in the cold, set this in the 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 sixties during the Cold War, during the height of the space race, and you know. Um, nuclear panic. Uh, but the the actual the like the date that it's set on is Kojima's first birthday. And originally it was going to be set on like the day he was born, but they had to move the chronology because they also wanted to incorporate the JFK assassination. Gotta get that in there if you can. Gotta get that in there. Yeah. As long wow, as we're talking know, about stuff that. That, yeah. that Kojima wanted in this game, did you guys know that he wanted this game to include permadeath? That that you would if you died in the game, it would delete mm-hmm. your save and then you would have to start all over again. Probably probably for the, the best that he didn't he didn't do that. Um, so this is my second Metal Gear game only. And I've only played Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear. Uh, I've only. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nick, when you yeah. when you said it, whenever it was last podcast, the podcast before I was yeah. like, oh, right. He does kind of say it like a question mark. So I was really thrilled when the he. Thing, the thing hmm? about Snake is that he does not ever understand anything that is no. being told to him. He's the yeah. biggest <laughs> idiot on earth. He's never heard of anything. And he's incredulous. He's just like, huh? Like, what are you? Yeah. Ta- what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's a mobile nuclear weapons uh, delivery system. Well, that's the thing about Metal Gear Solid One, right? At the at the end of the game, you're like this super spy, like I'm the super spy, and and nobody is telling me anything. Yeah. I have no yes. idea what's going on, and I am way in too deep in Antarctica for some reason, <laughs> and I don't know who to trust. And this guy just took his sunglasses off, and it's like okay, <laughs> so it's a little charming, right? Yeah. He also has like my level of social skills. Like somebody will talk to him, and he'll be like. Yeah. Well, did you see this gun? It's like he's constantly showing toys to people, no matter what. Like in all of the cutscenes, when uh, Eva is is talking to him or trying to get his attention, sexually, romantically, he's he's he acts like I would if a girl was hitting on me at a coffee shop. I'd be like, "Whoa! Did you guys see they make sugar without calories now?" Do you, you see this? Each of these packets is self-sealed. And and that means that you could bring it to space. Like, that's, yeah. It's um, calorie, mate. What? You know? <laughs> Which I've eaten those, too. I've eaten those. Um, it, it seems to be a reflection of Kojima's own personality. Because that, that, that what you said right there, where he's always, like, showing people toys, reminds me of uh, the clip where he was on uh, the Conan O'Brien show. And Conan was inside Kojima's office and they were trying to talk about Death Stranding and Kojima was like, look, my Ultraman toy, Ultraman, Ultraman. And he just started like turning on the sounds and Conan's like, okay, whatever. Gene, did you say you've eaten a calorie, mate? 
Yes, I have. I ordered those right after I played the game. I was like, I need to try that. I want to eat what the geisha are eating. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how's it taste? What's it like? It just tastes like wafers. It's just like oh, okay. it's just wafers, and apparently, like you're you're like it, I was full. Um, there were there was old there was those old commercials back when twenty four was huge. Yes. So Kiefer Sutherland uh, was was doing commercials for Calorie Mate, where he would like basically not eat anything but Calorie Mate during those twenty four hours of the season, where he's like trying to save the the country or whatever. Um, and yeah, I did live on them for a few days. I would just go to work and I would just eat that. And I was like, yeah, sure enough, I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm not that hungry. So, you know, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, so eating is a part of this game. I mean, they they introduced a bunch of systems, and I, I think you know when people always think of the the lore and the storytelling, and and that is like obviously a, a huge part of it. But like you know, there's there's the camouflage system in this. There's the eating system. Um, there's a new uh, uh, a CQC close quarters combat system. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of gameplay elements, and this is a pretty you know uh, for one of the entries of the of the series. This is a pretty it's pretty gameplay heavy. Yeah, they had the camouflage. Uh, they had mm-hmm. the, the the cutting and the the broken bone system. So it totally makes sense right. that he would want like a permadeath because it sounds like he was really really leaning towards something like that. You know, I I mean, I I know. So I can see that the people would be frustrated by these systems: the camouflage, the healing system, the food system, all these systems. I fucking loved it. I yes. mean, like I was. I was medium into the game in the in the cold open. I was like, oh, okay, I, I I've done this before. I know these. I'm sneaking again, and it's fucking exhausting to sneak everywhere. And then it's like, hey, you've you've got a I forget it was a broken bone or a bullet in you in the first time you have to heal, and you go into the healing menu, and it's like, oh shit, you have to select suture, disinfect, bandage. Like if you get a bullet in you, you have to dig it out with a knife. Like right. if and also also you have limited supplies. So you can sort of heal something and you'll still be bleeding out or whatever. Uh, so you have to manage which injuries are doing the most damage to you. It's like um, it's like Bushido Blade where you would like cut your arm in this PlayStation one game in a samurai game and then your arm would be dysfunctional. In the same way, this game incorporates that system not only into Snake, but also into the people you're fighting. Like, if you shoot somebody in the hand, they can't use that hand to fire their gun very well anymore. It's fucking great. That was so mind-blowing back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It still is. A lot of games still don't do that, you know? True. I loved all I loved all those systems too. I loved going into the menu and playing like operations on my little snake guy. And mm-hmm. uh, part of the reason why I love those systems, I, I don't know if it's, if it's like this with you, Heather, but I love the crunchiness and the crispiness of Kojima's menus. Yeah. Uh, just the, 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 the like, like, I'm not a UI dork, but I'm a UI dork for Kojima stuff. Like, it's why I love Death Stranding so much, because the, the entire game is just logistics, the video game. Yes. So, like, <laughs> I just love, like, going into the menu. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put this on my arm here. I'm going to put this on my leg here. All right, I'm ready to go. And then, like, the menu is going, quick. And it it feels so good to to always yeah. do that, and I and I feel prepared. It's something in my my brain clicks where it's like, okay, I I accomplished a thing. It's kind of like the gamification of like our smartphones, like when when we send emails sure. and then they go like that. Like you feel like you accomplished something, you know, even though you just send a <laughs> fucking email, right? So I also feel like Sony as a company is heavily invested in that sort of like minutia of technology in so much of their 
hardware design, like whether it be their their fucking Vio laptops that have all this weird shit happening in them and like weird little dials and shit on the side of the monitor or, you know, my personal fetish of mini discs, which were like little tiny crunchy ways to consume music. Um, I played this game for this episode, both on my PlayStation 3 and on my Vita, which I dug out and you can transfer your save. And this, this, I don't know when the HD version of this game came out, it was probably 2011, something like that, 2013. Uh, but the, the transferring of your save from the PlayStation 3's large screen in your living room to your Vita in your bedroom feels like a proto switch mm-hmm. and it works perfectly every single time. Like there's no, I, I have expected because it was such an early implementation of the idea that it would be clunky or that it wouldn't work sometimes or my save would corrupt, but it works great. And it reminded me also of what a great system the Vita is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, rules. It feels like this delicate little, but sturdy, too, like there's too many buttons on it for some reason, <laughs> but there aren't enough buttons. And I, it, it, I, I don't know. It, it, like if there feels like a Sony design philosophy that extends into the meta game of Metal Gear Solid games. Like it feels like a love letter to Sony tech. And that mm-hmm. also makes sense given that Kojima is the guy who wakes up every day and shows you what he's playing on his Walkman, right. uh, which is a dedicated Sony audio player. Yeah. Um, it's fucking. Oh, and by the way, three days after I downloaded the game for Vita, they took it off the store. We we should have mentioned the, this. Yeah. The rights to the um to the uh, footage that they use from That's historical right. events apparently ran out. So I got the game like three days before they delisted it everywhere. Um, that was I felt I felt special. I felt kind of lucky and cool because I, I got that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it is. The the timing is kind of amazing that 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 happened to correspond with just b- before we we're about to record this, like days before we we're going to record this episode. Uh, the so, yeah, and there's there's always, you know, in these games, like so much like archival footage that's used, which uh, that's a that's a separate issue. But, man, I wish they'd tackle all this digital rights uh, regarding like like something that's already been released, then le- like having to be taken down and re-edited is such a bummer. I just always think of all the TV that has to be changed because to re-edit it or or you can't find streaming anywhere because of music rights. Yeah. It's yeah. just such a it's just such a bummer all the uh the IP law that prevents that. Uh, uh PS3 and Xbox 360 Metal Gear HD collection came out in 2011 and for Vita 2012. His uh his introductions to like the virtuous mission. And I guess sort of like every cutscene that uses archival footage from the entire game feels like Adam mm-hmm. Curtis documentaries. Like sure. it's just like random B roll of historical events with like somebody talking over it and being like, but the thing is world systems don't always align. And you're like, Oh man, yes. I'm somebody's telling me something with great authority. <laughs> I hope they're right about what they're saying. Cause I'm falling for it. It, it's a, I always love that because there's certain contexts where it's like, okay, this is over a codex, so that's one thing. But there's also like, wait, so the end is just standing, uh, or I'm sorry, the boss is just standing in a field. Like, we're just both standing in flowers while she tells me about, like, the history of, uh, you know, the, the, the Chinese nuclear program. And, uh, and we're <laughs> seeing all this archival footage. But in their reality, 
They're just standing there. Like, they're just like, <laughs> just did an 11 minute monologue about uh, mutually assured destruction while we're like standing four feet away from each other, a, bun- a bunch of, um, bung a bunch of flowers. I mean, I don't know. This game's so cool. And, and, yeah. and Matt, I know it's one of your favorites. So I want to make sure that, that, that you get to chime in here because it's yeah. just, it's just like, this is just one of those ones where you're just like, games rule. It's just like, this is like, it's like a Cold War era James Bond where magic is real. It's just like, this is so awesome. This <laughs> yeah. is the coolest thing. It's, there's, I, I, yeah, I guess I, I've, I've been a little quiet because I'm like, I don't really know what to say about this like perfect game to me. Like, it's such a special <laughs> game. <laughs> In 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 my in my life and in my heart, like I you know I've, as I've mentioned previously, I watched my uncle play through Metal Gear Solid One, and that was like a very formative experience to me because I was like, I didn't know games could be like this. This is what right. Also, what is this? <laughs> like, what what are we talking about here? And I only played Metal Gear Solid Two for the first time last year, but go, going into this month, going into uh, you know our second uh, Hideo Kojima, it dawned on me that I own four copies of Snake Eater. Like, I I buy this game when I have the chance. I have it on PlayStation 2. I have the, um, like, the HD collection for PlayStation 3 that has all four, or, you know, the, as two, three, and four on it, and then a digital code for uh, the first game. And then I have... I have a digital version of it on Xbox because I was like, oh, this is like four. It was on sale for like four dollars. And I was like, well, I should just, you know, I should have this because that's the version I thought I was going to play for the show. Sure. But then I remembered I have the 3DS port of it. And so mm. I uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater 3D. And mm-hmm. so I dug that out. And I was like, this is the version of it that I'm going to play because this is the most mobile version of it yes. for me. Uh, I can play this, you know in bed uh you know under my blankets at night and um i i even special ordered a circle pad pro for my 3ds and that is the only game that i have for it that uses it (laughs) um uh because you know very uh yeah it was not a thing that a lot of games used i think it's like 50 games or something using the circle pad pro or something um but that thing rocks. I wish more games used it. It's it's really it felt really great in my hands. It felt really really good. A proto switch for sure. Um, you were smart to do that because I also did the 3ds version because mm-hmm. uh, like you have multiple oh, oh you know I played this before. I have multiple versions of it. Um, and I did. I honestly didn't want to hook up my PS3 again. Uh, which I have the that HD was the other on. thing. So I was I like, was so I was like, like oh, I got to get that thing out. Yeah, hey, my 3ds is right here. I'll get the 3ds version, but I don't have the Circle Pad Pro. Yeah, and what so, am I gonna you know, do? But uh, my yeah. doorstop's not gonna be there anymore. What am I gonna? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do to replace my PS3 doorstop? How dare um, you? <laughs> I actually have an autographed copy of the original Metal Gear Solid 3 on PlayStation 2. By oh, Kojima. my wow. God. Yeah, wow. It's one, of my, it's one of my prized possessions. I would that's ask amazing. to be buried with that. Like, that's that's a <laughs> <laughs> I got it all the way back in college. And he like before I, I, I mean, I met him and interviewed him. But at that time, yeah. I just met him as a fan waiting in line to get a, to get an autograph. So. Wow. Where, where was this? Back in L.A. Oh, wow. You should take a photo this. of that and sell it as an NFT. There oh, you go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard about this. NFTs? Yeah. Be, I've heard of that. So much NFTs. money. NFTs. NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly surprising that uh, that's like the one thing uh, Kojima didn't really predict. He didn't mm. He didn't get that one. He didn't have, right. he, he couldn't have foreseen NFTs. I uh, think. If I may, I think that's because the timeline of NFTs existences is going to be a blip. Sure. And he's Mm. looking at big pictures. You know, he's not he's not like he's not dedicating 
uh, 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 a video game about the 90s to the existence of Beanie Babies. Like, sure, it's just sure. going to be like a small window of time. And you know what? If I'm wrong about this, so what? I was going to say, matter. we don't know what We're his next game is. We're all going to die either way. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, he always said things about the big picture. Like, that's one of the things I know we're not, not talking about Death Stranding, but I played it recently. And that's one of the things that struck me when uh, Hartman tells you that human beings are the only people are the only living things that can envision what tomorrow looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, that really hit me right there, you know? Like, and it's just about these bigger ideas, you know, about humanity and, and what, where we're going. It's 100%. It's not unlike when Snake says... The earth was blue, but there was no God in the beginning of this game, which yes. I wrote down because I was like, I'm not quite. Is is what he's saying that when you go to space, God's not there? Is that what's happening in that quote? Because he says it so yeah. emphatically. He's, he's part so of the, serious. He's part of the nobody when you say in space, nobody can hear you scream. That's who, yeah, that's who they're talking about. God's not even there. Ah, I see. There. There is a lot of space in this game, and I and like I'm I'm such a space race nerd that I I like I love all this shit. I eat all this up. I I love the fury. Um, you know that yeah. this uh uh mm-hmm. just such a cool character and such a cool boss fight. Um, the, and also that this is like that was such a thing of like cosmonauts and astronauts. You know, people. I I feel like in the U.S. you get a lot of propaganda about the Soviet space program being like, oh, they killed a dog and these cosmonauts died, but like more astronauts died in the the U.S. program. Uh, but the uh, but I but all that shit is cool and all that shit like makes sense as as being in this game, like it being so prominent because that was such a big part about about the you know. Uh, the space race being tied in with the new with the uh, uh, rocketry and the 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 nuclear arms race. I love that the boss reveals that she was the first woman in space. Like basically, yeah, like that becomes a thing. <laughs> which is eat shit, Valentina Tereshkova. It was the boss. <laughs> She's just like Forrest Gumping all over, like they like hit yeah, the and yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Lyndon Johnson is in this. <laughs> LBJ. I have a question about the Fury, who is mm-hmm. uh, one of the bosses that you fight. So for those of you listening at home who might be over the age of like 70, mm-hmm. a boss is a both a, a character at the end of a level a who you fight. And then in this game is meta commentary on the existence of of superpowered villains that you have to take on in video games. So the main character is the boss is is big boss and then the person they're fighting is the boss mm-hmm. and then but there's yes. also a bunch of bosses that you fight. But one of those is the Fury who is a cosmonaut who says he went to space and I'm I didn't write down exactly what he said because I just was staring at my screen going, what? What the fuck is he talking about? Because he's like, I, I went I went to space and I saw the earth was on fire. And I was like, wait, what? What? Like, is, is the Fury somebody who went to space and just started hallucinating permanently? Yeah, or- don't do drugs when you're going into space. That, that would be, <laughs> that's a waste of drugs, man. I don't know. <laughs> so there was a, so the, the, uh, my understanding is that that it was based off of a real guy again I'm a, a space racer but Vladimir Komarov was mm-hmm. the was the first like before Yuri Gagarin was like just mm-hmm. going to be the first man in space um and he goes up in this faulty craft and he dies on reentry and uh, that it, it, if you want to have a re- if you want to have a real bad mm-hmm. time look up uh, Vladimir Komarov open casket that's a, mm-hmm. it's a real Why did they- real gnarly real gnarly photo <laughs> I've seen it um, I've seen that wait now yeah, I know what it awful. is cuz I've definitely seen that 
Really, oh, really, truly awful. So, so, uh, and basically, like his while this was happening, well, like, like he knew that the craft was faulty, and he's like, there's like audio. The audio was never released, but there's supposedly audio of him like saying, like, as he knew he was going to die, like, "You've killed me." That like like you've done oh this. This is God. your fault. And he's like he's like screaming at the engineers. Wow, that is grim. Um, it's really Shit. fucking grim. So I think this How is did like this yeah. This get is played. <laughs> <laughs> Hideo Kojima, everyone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's the idea is that he was in this. He he had a same, similar sort of accidental reentry. He's like covered in full body burns, and now he's this you know cosmonaut driven mad and and out for vengeance. I see. I see. Yeah. So, so my harmless, innocent question about like, what, what the fuck's up with this weird anime hero, supervillain guy? Yeah. Uh, is, was met with uh, a, a real takedown from Nick Weiger, who told me, <laughs> look at this man's actual open casket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm advising against that. Yeah. No one you should said, do that. You said do it. I would you hate to find it. out who the real life uh, allegory uh, is for the end. I would hate to. I would hate to learn. <laughs> oh, so many of the, one uh, of the best boss fights ever made. Truly, so cool. So like, just one of the coolest things. I did something for. So like, there's you know, there's a couple ways you can play through the game, right? Like you can you can go through every. You, there's an order, of course, uh, to you know with an asterisk, I guess, um, but. Every boss fight you can take down however you'd see fit with any weapon, of course, right? But then there's also b- bonuses if you just take them down. You take their stamina down and not their HP. Um, and so if you use the like tranquilizer gun instead of the regular gun on them, it, it depletes their their stamina, and then you get like um, you, you get different camouflages for that. You get enough camouflages throughout the game uh, anyway, but they get, you get special ones based on on the bosses. But oh, there's I also <laughs> there's also a way to take out the end before. Like there's a couple of ways to take out the end that aren't necessarily apparent. To yeah, so I knew about one yeah. of these, but yes. uh, another one I learned uh, uh, researching for this episode. But but go on. So yeah, we've talked about we've probably talked about every time the game comes up that if you just wait a week or you in know, you set life. the timer in real you wait life, a week yeah. in real life or you set the internal clock on your on your uh system to a week ahead, the end will die in the boss fight and then that's that. That's because he's a, he's a, he's a super old man. Yes. He's a, he uses a wheelchair um when he's first uh, when he's introduced and he is, you know, just like it He's. I, I think that the that he's like canonically like a hundred years old or mm-hmm. something. His age his age is super advanced. He looks great. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> but there's another way to kill him. You, obviously, you can kill him in the boss fight as normal as you would. Um, but there's a scene early on where you see him, <laughs> and I I think I had heard that you could do this, but I had never tried it myself. And seeing it done i felt so like yeah. i felt like i broke the game like i felt mm-hmm. it was so crazy because you get that you can get the sniper before you have the your sniper rifle before you get this interaction and so if you have the sniper rifle equipped you can sort of you can aim it at him and take him out immediately <laughs> uh <laughs> and then his his wheelchair that he's in goes flying directly to you like as like an attack almost and i think you can you in the process you also kill the his bird, um, his pet, his, his pet parrot. bird, which I regretted. I didn't care for that. You know, I was there yeah. to take out uh, a fellow, a, another assassin. I'm not here to hurt any animals. Um, none that I couldn't eat anyway. 
And I, but then, so in that stage, in the end stage, instead, what greets you instead of uh, a boss fight is just a ton of soldiers, like just a ton of enemy soldiers that are just there waiting for you and trying to hunt you down and stuff. And you can, you can, if you're stealthy enough, go through them, which is what I did. And then on, you know, on to the next. Look at but, you. I but, killed every fucking person I came across. Well, then that's interesting. <laughs> I would love to then, you know, talk about another sequence that I think is, well, maybe it's my, maybe you're well, wrong. Well, my, but before uh, we move on, because, because yeah. Gene, you were saying first off, because, because, yes. yeah, you can, you can, you can snipe, uh, you can snipe uh, the, the end and completely skip uh, this, uh, this sequence. Um, but also that like uh, this boss fight in general, it seems like something that you, first off, you did that. You've done that before. Yeah, I totally did that, but like it was just after the the fact that I experienced it for the first time, uh, which was like, I was like, this boss fight is an hour long. I've never experienced anything like this, Um, (laughs) and I understood that that he was reading a a sniper uh, journals like back in the Vietnam War and talking about how people would wait for days and weeks. And as someone who has gone through like Navy like ROTC training. Uh, I've I've been trained to like be in camouflage and like stay like like a whole night at one spot and everything and like well, it, that that shit is really grueling and like I really yeah. really appreciated uh, seeing it in gameplay where it's like I really really gotta s- s- slowly get through it is because this this guy is gonna see me because sure enough like even when I was doing like the real life navy training like like I was I was really like crawling like solid snake on my chest you uh-huh. know right and then I got spotted because my pants had fallen down and then whites of my underwear had shown and oh. then so someone saw me from like way across and I was like dude I see your underwear I was like God damn it, man! Like, like I'm like the worst. Solid so not snake. only were you just, spotted, you were humiliated too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it was very Kojima-like in a way, where it's like yes, I might as well right. shit my pants, like Johnny, you know. <laughs> Matt, you said something earlier about how you can lower their stamina and then you get special camouflage. Yeah, and I realized as you were saying that 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 is literally how I beat everybody was lowering mm-hmm. their stamina because I also was like. I didn't I don't have the patience for which gun is the one that puts people to sleep and which one is that I I shoot them with every gun like I'll, if if it puts them to sleep and I'm just like shuffling through all my guns and then I'm like okay great then I'll shoot them in the head with a, a different gun when they're asleep mm-hmm. but um I got so one of these bosses is called um the fear I think the spider yeah. the spider-man yes. one um, and the, the boss fight is a bit like the predator. He's dis- he's it, it, almost invisible in the forest canopy. Uh, and he shoots you with these, uh, arrows and you have to remove them immediately in your, in your hospital sub menu. Uh, but if you wear down his stamina, he starts shooting other things in the forest to eat them. So you can use that sound in order to help locate him. If you haven't thrown up your, uh, your uh, what a heat sensor vision binoculars mm-hmm. whatever the fuck those were called yeah. which i realized halfway through fighting him i was like oh wait i have a way to see this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but his camouflage kills you or t- it it eliminates one of their sta- like if you put on the spider camouflage it drains your stamina while you're wearing it Whoa. which I put on because I was like, fuck, yeah, I've got your camo and I put it on. And I'm like, why am I eating so much fucking food after this fight? And then finally (laughs) realized you that one of the camouflages drains you. The other thing I uh, discovered after that is if you leave that fight without removing all the arrows, 
they you're 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 healed for the rest of the game, quote healed, but you've got arrows in your head for the rest. <laughs> you can't get them out. They're not selectable. So I walked around with just an arrow in my in my shoulder and an arrow right in my fucking head <laughs> for the rest of the game. Like it's fine. I'll I'll get it later. <laughs> I'm okay. That's the thing you gotta I think know. There's I'm like fine. some some cutscene later where it disappeared, but for significant hours of play, I yeah. had arrows in my head. Maybe as well, Vol- Volgan was torturing him. He's like, all right, I'm just going to move this. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm trying to hurt you, but you don't deserve this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that torture sequence made me feel sick. Mm, yeah. Which gnarly in a video game is not frequent that that happens. It was a little like, gross, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Volgan is a gross character. He's a gross man. Yes. He's a boss that you fight who can control electricity. And yeah. he uh, tortures you by zapping your body with, um, he has like a million volts or whatever, a million watts. Mm-hmm. What is it? Watts, volts? I think it's watts. Uh, half half watts of one, 12 voltage of the other. <laughs> yeah, inexplicably, he has the powers of electricity. Like, I don't think yes. they ever really explained that. Like, he just, he just really. has it. He's just an X-Men character in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all those dudes are, all of the well, bosses they all are, are. Yeah, X-Men. exactly. Yeah. They all are X-Men characters. The genius of the game is, I think, this. the genius of the whole Metal Gear series is the idea that a regular military dude would see insane anime villains while trying to complete a pretty standard mission. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we've had a defector. Uh, we need you to go take them out. Okay, got it. By the way... On the way there, you're going to fight an old man whose eyeballs can come out of his head. And you're like, okay, (laughs) wow, all right, got it. Oh, there's there's a man who can control bees. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) You're like, bees? (laughs) (laughs) They're insects who produce honey and have stingers. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, snake. Yeah, you got to walk me back a little further than that. I need a little more information. (laughs) How are you the best we've got? You seem like <laughs> yeah. a dumb guy. I think it's because he's removed every sort of information he could possibly have to just be good at killing and being right. sneaky. He's yes. that good at that stuff. His his everything else is depleted to zero. He rolled zeros on every one of his other stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's that, that's kind of true to the uh, true to the narrative of the bo- the big boss snake and even solid sure. snake his his uh his son or whatever mm-hmm. where these guys are extremely extremely good at just finishing the mission and yes. they do you know the uh, solid snake was used in Me- metal gear solid 1 and he finished it he was totally used in metal gear the, 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 or uh, uh what what is his name in this one which snake? He's a uh, he's naked, naked snake in this. Yeah, naked snake. snake. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't believe it. Naked snake was totally used, and he completed his mission. You know, he, he, yeah. Like he he felt bad about it the whole time, but he did it. You know. Yeah, and ultimately doesn't quite even know what he's doing until it's it's explained to yeah, him. Yeah, until it's afterwards. Fact. Until he's like yeah, yeah. like completely traumatized and decides to punish the whole world for it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Later on. Yeah. Well, I think. I mean. Y- a lot has been said about Metal Gear Solid 2's speech that sort of presages meme vocabulary and, mm-hmm. and information war ha- warfare in the modern age. Um, this game's thematic politics mm-hmm. are that every, every conflict is 
the reason he uses theme or the theme of this game is scene mm -hmm. is that every conflict is essentially a scene played out between actors and the stage has been set by other powers who mm -hmm. are not necessarily in conflict in the future. Like it's mm -hmm. almost like, you know, Japan is defeated by uh, by the allies powers. And then now the Glendale Galleria is mostly Japanese stores and it's the fucking, you know, like you can just go get Naruto action figure. Like it's that, that once was bad guys. Now our friends. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of the theme of the entire video game. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but nobody talks about that. The way they talk about metal gear solid two's mm -hmm. speech. It's yeah, true. well, I think it's it's less like prescient. It's more like descriptive, right? It's like I think the reason Metal Gear Solid Two is like such resonates so much is like holy shit, he fa he like predicted all these things. He predicted the the pervasiveness of you know uh, of of fake news on social media, like like back in two thousand one. Whereas this is more like you know talking about it, yeah. it, it 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 less has, but but I think it it's still absolutely a a, a, a very you know, trenchant observation. I always think of what you were talking about, about how there was, uh, was when Hirohito, uh, went to Disneyland in like the eighties, mm. the seventies or eighties. It's such a weird like thing of like, wait, this was got This guy was overseeing, you know, the, 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 this was the enemy in the war. And now he's just like at Disneyland, just like hanging mm -hmm. out. It's just surreal. Yeah, uh, what you said, Heather, reminds me of a of a joke from a from a Hawaiian comedian, a really old joke, um, where he would say, you know, yeah, I'm I'm going over a Pearl Harbor, and it's such a tragedy, so many people died, blah blah blah, and who do I see surrounding Pearl Harbor? Japanese, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's just a bunch of Japanese tourists uh, uh, right. hanging around in Pearl Harbor, and it's like. It, 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 you, you see, you, you see the the world shift in in, ter in terms of that, and you see how bit players were able to play out their scene, their scene, right? And then now yes. they're just they're just kind of like hanging out, you know, and living their lives. There is a moment where they're like they're like, who knows? In the twentieth twenty first century, the U.S. and Russia may be allies. You're sort of yeah, like, well. hey, let's calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, you know, because uh, there, there's, uh, there's just so much crazy shit that happened in this game that happens in this game, and 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 you know we're almost at the hour mark, and I feel like there's so much stuff we haven't touched on, but just just things like you know Ocelot is in this game, he, he's, yeah. you know, a fixture of the, the the series. You see a young Ocelot, but there's that that you can't kill Ocelot. If you kill Ocelot, you get a game over. With it because you've created a time paradox mm -hmm. because we already it's just so wild. We have that audio clip. Actually, right? Oh, I love Apodaca? it. Yeah. Snake, you can't do that. The future will change. You'll create a time paradox. You've created a time paradox. Snake, you can't go changing the future like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my ringtone for a while. Yeah. Wait, was it really? <laughs> yeah, it made no sense to anybody whatsoever, and I loved it, so... <laughs> He says it with such a you That's fucking awesome. idiot. Like, <laughs> don't you know you the future? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you played your own games? <laughs> games, you dumb maniac. <laughs> this is a video game after all. <laughs> as long as we're talking about weird stuff that we haven't touched on, uh, the way in which 
Volgan, electric dude, mm-hmm. finds out that Snake is in disguise as uh, the major. Is yes. that he major, goes ma- up major to Ray him. Donovich. We're bringing him up yes. now. Hell yeah. I love him. Yeah, yeah, the, he, the write-in character. He goes up to him and just grabs his dick. Like, yeah. just straight across the room, grabs his dick. And then Snake, and it lingers for a, a moment. Yes. Snake moves away and he does it again. And I was like, hmm, this is... What is ha- that? Does that happen in Metal Gear 2 also? It does. So, uh, yeah. uh, uh, the president of the United States. That's it. Is is trying to find out who Raiden is and just immediately just grabs his cr- crotch. And yeah, like, right. it just comes out of nowhere. And it reminds when in Death Stranding, when Guillermo del Toro like walks into the shower with Norman Reedus, I was like, what is up with Kojima and like non-consensual man-on-man like like contact here? Yes. Like I'm not sure what's what, 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 what I, I still haven't really figured that part out. I really don't. Yeah. It, it's 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 there's a lot of that and there's a lot of plunging necklines or just like recurring themes in his in his yeah. uh, in his canon. In this um, one in particular with Eva, yeah, you can yeah. you can like <laughs> stare at her chest like as an option. You can right. stare at it. Also, by plunging neckline, we mean that she is wearing a like a onesie, like a wetsuit, and unzips it all the way to her belly button every time she meets you. Yeah, it's, for comfort. Yeah, <laughs> she's just getting comfortable. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, the yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, the that character, uh, Radinovich uh, Rykov, was existed like it was like Kojima like put that in as kind of like it's kind of like if if in, in episode two there had been a a Jar Jar. Like who gets, you know, like like a, a, a character to make fun of Jar Jar. You know, I mean, yeah. it's the same sort of thing. They were like they, they put in a character to kind of make fun of Raiden. Um, and uh, 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 yeah, it's 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 I don't know. It's such a it's such an interesting bit of of self-awareness and self-commentary. And I guess just fan service, too. Yeah, I think of that that sequence as is sort of like because you're putting on a costume, you're putting on a mask that looks like him and you put on his um like his uniform. And to me, that's sort of saying, you see, it's the same fucking game. You're playing the same game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the, He just looks different. It's the same sure. fucking thing. I'm still going to grab your dick either way. No matter. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. No matter what your face looks like, I'm yeah. grabbing that dick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we? Uh, we haven't we haven't touched on it yet, but but it's uh, you know it's it's I think a thing that uh, one of the biggest things in this game is the the theme. It's just like one of the coolest music tracks ever is the 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 title track Snake. Eater. Oh yeah, I first heard that song at so I saw the trailer for Metal Gear Solid Three at E three when it debuted. And it was just like, like I, I felt like I was seeing God, you know. I was like, this is the, this is the next Metal Gear, yeah. and it has a guy that looks like Snake. That's awesome. Right. And and then I heard the the theme song, and I was like, what is this song? And then my my good uh, 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 colleague or not uh, a fellow game journalist, Ash Parrish, wrote on Kotaku, uh, if you want to find it, uh, just last year actually, where she found a singer of of Snake Eater, uh, Cynthia, uh, Harrell, Cynthia yes. Harrell. Uh, because she was just fascinated by by this black woman being so key in 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 this iconic song in video games, and she was able to hunt down Cynthia and 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 then tell Cynthia about the the legacy of her song and and how many memes and and how much people love it. And Cynthia was just like, 
And then she said, you know, well, like, what have you done? You brought back all kinds of memories, Jesus. Like, she started to really like feel great about like like her contribution to the game in the series. It's, it's a really amazing. lovely, lovely story that you guys want to check out. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. I I remember reading it when it dropped, and it's uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's just amazing. They 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 track this person down. Uh, also, the and I didn't realize this. The same singer as uh as I am the wind from uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yes, yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Let's hear this song. Silence through the night. What a thrill. It's just, it's so good. That you can do like a Bond homage, but also be it, like, have it be like as good as like a Bond song. Yes. It's just like so, it's such a, it's, it's such a big swing and I love it. And it's funny. I yes. had not heard it other than like the clips we've played on this show. And I laughed out loud during the song. Yeah, someday because it, it is like feel. it's so such a moment. Yeah, right. But you're you're talking lyrically, right, Heather? Yeah, lyrically. Yeah, like when, when I mean, I feel. Are we gonna get there in the song? We might we get have there. to play. We have to play right, through great. the joke. We'll keep it going. I wonder if there's anywhere you could karaoke this. I, I, I've, I, I've searched high and low for a, a karaoke book that has this, and I haven't found it. <laughs> I don't know if I can hit the notes, too. No, it's, it's tough. Someday you go through the rain. And someday you feed on a tree frog. Oh, that line. <laughs> it's like telling you the plot of the game. Is it yeah. the guy? It, it's great because like so it's good. basically until that lyric, um, yeah. which is like such a reference to the uh, to you know the game's food system. But until that lyric, you could just kind of be listening like, oh yeah, this is a jam. It's like wait. What did she say about eating a tree frog? <laughs> what was that? I love theme songs that just refer or or re- basically recite like what the show or the game is about. Like just, oh, just, just tell me that I'm jumping on mushrooms or eating mushrooms or eating tree frogs. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good theme song. This isn't the only vocal music in the game. Mm-hmm. There are frequencies on Snake's radio. I feel like that are almost... Uh, I feel like this is a Death Stranding-esque thing is that there is a a bunch of real music in the um, frequencies that you can access on Snake's earpiece that will heal your stamina. And they're all real songs from Mm -hmm. real, from real people, you know, like, that's nice. Yeah. It's a little Grand Theft Auto-y or a little Stranding. Yeah, and the ending credit song is by a band named Star Sailor. Uh, uh, You've got a way to fall. Uh, Kojima was the guy who introduced me to that band, and I, I became a wow. fan of that band. That's why. I, that's why I love Kojima games because he just puts in music. He's like a friend who's like, yeah, yeah. like again, back to what you said, Heather. He really is just showing you his different toys. It's like, hey, you're playing my game. Hey, I like this band. Check this out. Check out. Check out this song. It like really matches with the game, doesn't it? And you're like, yeah, it totally does. You know, I love this band. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna end up at a low roar concert someday. I haven't oh, been to a oh, concert totally. in so long. Absolutely. I'm just gonna be there, like wearing a Death Stranding T-shirt. 
uh, with everyone else wearing a Death Stranding t-shirt. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, 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 that song also just like the, for me, just as far as a mind blowing gaming moment when that, and, and we don't, we don't need to play the audio, but, um, but when that track comes back acapella during mm-hmm. that, that, that interminable ladder climb is just such like a cool, like, Oh, sh- you can just do that in a game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like you can just have like a like a moment of just pure traversal with music playing and that interactivity, that limited interactivity uh, can just be so aesthetically pleasing that it's just like this amazing, you know, or this amazing moment. Yeah. And it's like he took that moment and stretched it out across Death Stranding, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the whole game. That's <laughs> the ladder climb. <laughs> He's like, oh, maybe if the ladder was horizontal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's I. I uh, yeah. There, there's there's just so much that's so that's so cool in this. It's a it's an awesome game, and and we could talk about it all day. But I think we need to get to our final thoughts. It's time for our review crew. So we will each say something positive about this and uh, give it a numerical decimal rating. Um, I mean, I guess I just like, like, like just, just like we were talking like earlier, the the uh, the kind of Forrest Gumpy, you know, elements of this, but just LBJ personally conferring upon Naked Snake the title of Big Boss yeah. is just like a funny thing to think about is like a thing that happened in U.S. history. Like, <laughs> um, it's just I don't know. It's, it's it's such a cool game. There's also a detail that that and Matt, maybe you pick this up in your 3DS uh, playthrough. But you reach when you when Naked Snake loses his eye, which is a thing that happens in this game. Um, you can't use the 3D depth slider anymore after yes. that. It's just like that's such what a fucking this was a port. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. This was a port of a of a of a PS2 game, and they were like, well, the 3DS has 3D, and then once he loses an eye, that would he wouldn't have depth perception anymore. So yeah, you got turn off, you disable the 3D slider. Just like what a fucking cool thing to that's throw crazy. in there. Why, just, you don't even have to go that far. Nobody would care. Yeah, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had me at I could take this to the bank. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I, I, I mean, this is a this is a a, a ten out of ten for me. Um, Heather, uh, what do you think? Um, I really liked. This is a, a very 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 small detail in the game, but PlayStation Two didn't have a lot of interactive foliage, right? Mm-hmm. Like moving grass around when you're crawling is that 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 was kind of remarkable for the PlayStation Two. Like mm-hmm. most of the time, it would be like a two-dimensional blade of grass that sort of like had a set movement animation. But not only do you move the grass around while you're climbing through the grass in this game, bullets, as they fly through the grass, move the grass mm-hmm. and like whip it towards you in 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 the wake of the wind of the bullet. And that shit, I was like, that's fucking awesome. That's so great. Um... It's a very small detail, but these, I feel like Kojima games are at their best when they are drowning in details that nobody needs (laughs) because it makes the game feel like a really fancy shoebox diorama with a bunch of tiny little moving parts and a Mm. bunch of little tiny details that you wouldn't notice the first time you open the shoebox. 
That being said, I fucking hate sneaking. 9.5. All right, Matt. I mean, yeah, this is this is easily one of my favorite games of all time. Maybe, you know, maybe my number one, even if I uh, playing it again for the first time in a long time for the show was like said, I loved it. I loved going right through it. It was like putting on an old pair of jeans or something. I loved it. Mm. Um, my positives, obviously, we talked a bit about the different bosses, but my favorite one of my favorite boss sequences in the game, which we didn't talk about, was uh the sorrow with the sorrow and so oh, yeah. that's a guy you find out has been dead the entire game um and he presents this boss battle presents itself as he's a ghost and there are a bunch of there are maybe a bunch of ghosts in this part you're just walking down a a river basically and the ghosts of everyone you may that you have killed in the game so far uh, are you know are walking toward you as well so it shows you depending on how many how many uh, people you've killed in the game, that's how many ghosts there will be. If you did none, there wouldn't be any. It'd be a shorter sequence. But if you, you know, were running and gunning, mm. running and gunning it like it was like Grand Theft Auto or something, okay, there's going to be happened, a bunch of... <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be a ton of ghosts there. Uh, and I, so I, I always thought that sequence was so cool. When I was young, when I first played this One game... One of the trailers for the game made fun of Grand Theft Auto. Remember when 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 Raiden was like, "What is this? Some kind of Grand Theft Auto?" Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, "Raiden, you better be careful. Those are fighting <laughs> words around here." Um, but I, he like, th- so that sequence is really cool to me. When I was a kid and I played this for the first time, that sequence took me what felt like days because it was, you know, I killed everybody. Uh, this time around, I was a little more careful. Um, but my favorite thing in that sequence is this quote from the game that is just like the scariest thing anyone could yell at you in a boss fight. And it's this, it's from the sorrow. You will all be killed by your own sons. I just, there's a bunch of lines like this in that game that I'm like, Jesus Christ, you you can relax a little bit. You know, uh, it's this game rocks, uh, 10 out of 10. It's, it's perfect. I, I, I love it. It's, it's amazing. Wow. Uh, Gene, your your thoughts, your score. Yeah, uh, I'll say one positive that we haven't mentioned. I love the Shagohod fight and how cinematic mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you can aim and shoot and then you can see a different perspective than if you don't aim and shoot. If you just leave the game alone and just shoot and not aim, the game will have all these wonderful cinematic camera angles like like during that chase sequence. Yes. That it just felt like I was like, I'm just watching like, like a Michael Bay movie. I love this. Right. You know? And like it was just something that I had never seen before where like I'm playing the game and the game is just like doing all kinds of crazy camera angles and I still feel like I'm playing the movie and it's not a quick it's not a quick time event. So, you know, we we go back to talking about how much Kojima was so influential and in how storytelling is told. That was another in- instance for me where I was like, he's just pushing the boundaries even more. Like this is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. And then we do see stuff like that now with in the Uncharted games, but that that like that, that, that you're still not being chased by a huge shagohod fucking robot tank, you know? Like it's still not as cool as that. We got a babe on the back of your bike, you know? Like that that shit is just awesome. So yeah, just yeah. ten out of ten. Like I just I just wow. like I love the story. Like by the end of it, I, like I remember I was crying. Um, I was like, man, you know, Big Boss got really betrayed, and like Eva's crying, and I, I don't I didn't even really like her character, and I felt sorry for her. Um, so 
Yeah, it just, you know, and then just all the, the like, I love the Russian inventor of the Metal Gear, where he just like toasts Snake and says, to capitalism. And like, you <laughs> yes. know, that, yeah. that still continues to be relevant today. So, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll amend my score because I don't want to be the one that holds this one back. Mm-hmm. I'll also give it a 10. Wow. I like the sneaking too. I love the part where you know yeah, the, okay, you, nine point you, five. You're right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <there> you go. <laughs> I love the part where you have that house and there's just a bunch of soldiers and you can shoot through the roof or shoot through the ground. Like like that's just like open world game stealth like perfection right there. Like one thing about you don't see a lot of stealth games these days, and when you play them, you realize how fucking good Kojima was at making stealth games because he has right. all these systems in place to make it interesting and making it engaging other than you're just duck walking and crouching through things and stabbing people in the back. Like, mm-hmm. he really, really thinks about what all the different elements of what stealth looks like, and Snake Eater was a huge investment in that regard, too. And, and it's not just a like you like you were saying it you know it's it's not just like a like a like it's kind of open worldy it's not just like a puzzle to solve like because some mm-hmm. stealth games can feel like like oh this is just a puzzle I just got to exactly. figure out exactly how to progress through this and that'll work um it's it's like it's like oh I got to figure out how to address this scenario and there's all sorts of different tacks that you can take yeah with the tools um, that I have exactly it's so fun yes yeah it, oh, it, it rules we well, there's a whole thing that we didn't talk about that I loved which was every, everything you kill turns into a little like food kit and then you eat it and then snake tells you how it tastes and i know oh, that's yeah. like it so you you'll you'll be like you'll taste like a moose or i don't know what the fuck it was like some kind of like beast yeah. and he's like no oh, this is pretty good and you taste a <laughs> snake and he's like fuck this sucks <laughs> like, like, like the russian rations are bad mm-hmm. the calorie made is good uh like you eat an alligator and he's like mm, not too bad like everything in the game has a different flavor and apparently if you subject him to so you, if you subject him to something that also it goes rotten like it'll yes. get flies on it and mm-hmm. then if you eat it it makes you sick uh but if you subject him to something he doesn't like, he grows to be okay with it. Or maybe it's the <laughs> other way. Like if you something he's middle, but if you eat it like something four times that he doesn't like, it'll give him a little bit more stamina each time because mm. he's like, I don't like this fucking bat that I'm eating again. <laughs> but I'll take it. It's it's great. Ten. Yeah, it's just, I'll give it a it's ten. Just- yeah, I forgot wow. about the food. <laughs> yeah, you forgot about the, the eating part. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, those were our thoughts on Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater, but maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got reviews that we've culled from the entire internet. And if we had a positive take on this game, these will be negative reviews. And if we had a negative take on this game, these will be positive reviews. It's the segment that changes every podcast. Maybe we were wrong. (laughs) I've got a review that is far too long to read. uh, But I'll just read the main header and the bullet points about Metal Gear Solid 3. This is from Reddit and it was posted a year ago by Ice Pick the God. Metal Gear Solid 3 is great, but comically overrated. And the bullet points go like this. Number one, the survival mechanics prioritize realism over gameplay. They are implemented horribly apart from food. Okay. Two, the controls and mechanics feel like a step down from Metal Gear Solid 2. Three, gameplay is slower in three. Four, Metal Gear Solid 3 is too easy. Five, 
The fact that you get practically all your arsenal in the first quarter of the game, this completely ruins the minimalist bare essentials arsenal theme from Metal Gear Solid games, theme that Metal Gear Solid games are all about. So those are the five negative review points from this review on Reddit. And I disagree with all of them. I also thought this was better paced than Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. 2. It oh, is yes. a little easier, but I like the fact that you get the weapons at the beginning because, again, it, it, like you have the tools to to figure right. out like like what situations are. That's so much fun. It makes the game so much more open ended and so fun to replay. For yeah. my uh, final blow against the boss in the field, I shot her with a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that she had such little HP left. Yeah. That I was like, well, this will be really funny. Man, do you remember the, 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 the basics of CQC? No. Yeah. No. I was going to end this real quick. Yeah. I'm going to say my bittersweet goodbye to my mentor by exploding her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I just pulled one. This is from, um, this is from Metacritic, and uh, this is a zero from Ivan Drago. And I just like this what? because this was posted on June 27th, 2004. And I'll probably love this game when it comes out because I love all of the others, but because it's not out and I don't know for now, I'm giving it a big fat zero to drop the score because of all the fanboys voting prematurely. Now this user score is not accurate. Thanks to them. I just like this guy's <laughs> adherence to protocol. He's like, stop, upvote, stop saying this game's good when it's not out yet. Let's wait and see, even though I know it's going to be good. That's so wild. Um, I love it. I have I have one here from Reddit, um, and the 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 subject uh, line here is unpopular opinion. MGS three sucks, um, and so and here's what here's what they had to say. This was posted four years ago. I posted here for the same reasons a month ago, and I'm stuck somewhere halfway through the game. I can't for the life of me play this game without a radar. What idiot thought it would be a good idea to get rid of the radar? Honestly, this would probably be my favorite Metal Gear if they just kept radar for use. Instead, I have to spend 20-30 minutes in every room cheesing the enemies until I get lucky. I know, I know, get good. The problem is that some of us have actual work that we need to get done so that we can live in this world. When I get back from my crap job, I want to be able to have fun and be challenged by a fair mechanic, not this idiotic gimmick. Bring on the flames. <laughs> so sorry, this guy had to work and could not, <laughs> couldn't, 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 couldn't get, it, get, get it done. Couldn't get good. Well, if there, but I mean, like you know, that that's the thing with the with the, with Metal Gear Solid One and Two is that you're spending so much time looking at your mini map, mm-hmm. like it's just like you're looking at like where what are the cones of vision of everyone, and and how do I navigate the scenario based off of this? You know, I'm looking this 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 two D representation mm-hmm. of the the battlefield rather than than the world. I I don't know. It's just it's that that's I I mean I, I understand uh getting frustrated by that change but it's also like that's what's that's a, that's what's cool about it and it's also justified based off of the era that it's set in yeah 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 there wasn't yeah there wasn't radar at the time yeah sweetie yeah, and they explain that in the game, and it, yeah. it helps you focus on the details that Heather talked about, like the grass swishing with the bullets. Like you see those details pop more when you when you're not staring at the top right of your screen. Right. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Also, you can throw your rations to distract a guard and they're like, oh, I'm hungry. And they go over and they eat it. But if it's bad yeah. food, they're like, oh, and they throw up. <laughs> I, and then I, you shoot them in the head. <laughs> I heard, I haven't seen if this was actually true, but I was reading that if you shoot guards in like in the dick, um, 
during the sequence in the sorrow, they come back as ghosts being like, oh, ow. Like, <laughs> oh, yes, that, that is true. That is true. That does happen. I, I, I did a whole run where I was just doing that. And like I like I just wanted to see everybody just grabbing their dicks. Like, I, I think <laughs> cross oh. river sticks. That, that totally happens. I played the game so many times that I, just to see what happens during the river sticks portion and just, just, just see like, OK, nobody's showing up because I didn't kill anybody. OK, now they're all grabbing their dicks. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, it's time for the question. Block. All right, this one's from at Decepticon Dan on Twitter, and they write, played through every MGS game in the span of three months for the first time, and it was an amazing experience to binge them and not lose track of the story bits. What game series do you think would benefit from binging, and did you ever play every title of a series in a short time? Ooh. Uh, great question. I, I I started doing that with the Mass Effect trilogy, which I'd never played. And then mm. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I played one and two back to back, and I was about to go into three, and then I get distracted with having to play uh, games for this uh, uh, this podcast. Uh, so um, I, so uh, I haven't gotten back to three yet, but it was awesome just to play those back to back and experience that for the first time because it was also like, this world completely rules. Like, this is such a cool universe, and what a cool way to experience it. And then you also get to see, like, Oh wow! I see what you know. Four extra years of development did uh, between one and two. What what you know? All the refinements they made, and uh, and just all like in addition to seeing how the story progresses and where the characters end up and what new characters are introduced, just to sort of see like, oh, this is how the gameplay was iterated upon back to back is just like a really cool experience. Yeah, I would say like I honestly would advise that if anyone if you like science fiction and uh, and uh, you never played the Mass Effect franchise. I think that Mass Effect Legendary Edition is a great jumping on point and a great, and a great series just going to play all in a row. That's a great bingeable series for sure. No. I wonder what it would be like to play Last of Us 1 and Part 2 back to back. Like immediately <sighs> upon finishing Part 1 to drop in Part 2 and immediately go for it. Like, I that- wonder if it would feel jarring in the way that some Star Wars movies don't line up with the next Star Wars movie, Mm -hmm. like emotionally, or if it will feel, it would feel like one continuous narrative that's like, okay, this thing that just happened, that's what's affecting you right now, day one of the next game, right? I sort of did that. I actually played... Yeah, I sort of did the same thing. I mean, I play, oh. I replayed Last of Us One and played Last Behind or Left Behind rather uh, before playing Part Two. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what was your, what was your take, but I actually felt it flowed pretty decently. I so yeah, I like hadn't finished. I hadn't finished the original Last of Us when we recorded the Left Behind episode leading into uh, the episode we did for Part Two. So I played through one, did Left Behind, and then went straight into two, and you know. Two plays a little bit better because it's on. It was on PS4. It was you know obviously late in the PS4 run, uh, and I was playing the PS3 version of Last of Us, so you know it's a little not like it's clunky or anything. You know these the generations uh, get smaller and smaller with how they're like improved, but it it was it wasn't that you know crazy of an experience. It, it kept the story. I, I felt more connected to the characters. Uh, because I had just gotten finished with you know their first right. uh, round with this uh, tragic world that they live in, and then it's it's worse. It's gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, Gene, you'd you'd written about the the, the Last of Us two a, a decent amount. Um, 
uh, I don't know. Did you did you revisit part one before digging into part two? I know you'd seen the spoilers. I remember. Yeah, that. Uh, I had seen the spoilers. I didn't I didn't play it right before part two. I liked having to distance from it. Right. And I like like just like Heather said, like. It, it, it would have felt jarring for me if I if I had played it and it felt just right for me to to play mm-hmm. whatever years later. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm catching up with these with these characters again. So it felt really, really good. And it, it, for me, it helped me enjoy the story. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do, do you have is there a series you can think of as as particularly bingeable or one where you're like, like, ah, I think if you played this all in a row for the for, for the first time or revisited it, it would it would resonate. <sighs> I don't know if I can actually binge a series, but I mean, sure. you know, one series that I do tend to play a lot, but they're bad for binging because you do burn out as a Yakuza series. Um, oh, and the Yakuza wow. series are very good for anyone who likes story-driven, like cutscenes, very emotional, melodramatic acting. Um, they're, they're To me, they're the best in class in, in the games industry. But, you know, so much of it takes place in the same city, city blocks that you eventually kind of burn out at like, like seeing the cutscenes. Sure. But, it feels like that once you enjoy that game, you're going to want to jump into the next one pretty quickly. So, you know, if any if any listeners are out there and you really just enjoy story-driven games, the Yakuza series, start with Yakuza 0, are just, like, fantastic. It feels like a message directed at me personally. Because <laughs> totally. I, we played Yakuza 0 for the podcast, and I, I put, like, 80 hours into 0 and, and loved it. I was like, this is awesome. This is mm-hmm. such a cool world. These characters are so cool. I love the batshit, you know, um, sub-stories. And I was like, do I want to just, should I just dedicate the next year in my life to playing the entire series? And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I, I need to dig into it. You, um, too, you, you should dig into it. But yeah, just yeah. watch out for Yakuza Burnout because like after playing like two, three games straight, like you're like, okay, I, don't, I think I'm done and I should start playing some other games or living life some other way. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a, uh, those, those are in my queue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle them. I'm going to tackle at least a couple of them uh, in, in short order. After I get to Mass Effect 3. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. We're going to die before we can play all the games. That That's what's tough to answer yeah. about this question. Because it's also like a, a, like a big part of it implied is like, do you have a spare 300 hours? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> this hobby is so demanding of people's time. And we're all adults here. So, yeah, it, it's it's it'd be awesome. to Man, I would love to read to to start with a, a Metal Gear Solid 1 and go through everything and, and play some of the ones I've never played before. Yeah, I wish I was nine years old again. Come on. You know, yeah, if I yeah, was exactly, nine years old, yeah. I could be playing Forza Horizon 5 all day. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 6162Play. That is 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. Our guest... The great Gene Park. Gene, thank you so much for being here. Thank what, you so what, much, what, Gene. So much what a me. treat. I love being here. Oh, God bless you. Please, please come back anytime. Thank you for being so generous with your with your time and 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 thank you for lending all of your your insights and your passion for this game. Um anything you would like to uh, to plug? Uh just follow me on Twitter and uh keep reading my articles. If you like my articles and want to keep supporting what I do, um, and you want to subscribe to the Washington Post. The best way to do it is just to click the article that I that with my name on it and then just hit the subscribe button like wherever. Like like that counts that, that that'll help me so much. So wow. yeah, read the wow, Rock Post, subscribe. And if you if you're gonna subscribe, do it right after you read one of my articles. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, go ahead and, and and do that and read Gene's writing and follow Gene uh, on social media. A, a great follow and 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 a, a and a great uh, great uh, writer uh, on all things video game. Um, thanks so much, Gene and Matt. Tell us next week's game. Next week's game: Death Stranding Director's Cut. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. <laughs> Death Stranding Director's Cut. <laughs> Death Stranding Director's Cut. Death Stranding Director's Cut. <laughs> Metal Gear? Metal Gear?